Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com, and today we are breaking down the GHSA Girls Basketball Final Four. We are fastly, quickly, rapidly approaching the finish line of the GHSA season. It is hard to believe. Before we get into all our fun breakdown and previews and recaps of everything we missed in the Elite Eight and looking forward to the Final Four, I want to talk about the Sandy Spiel Spring Showcase, March 17th at Gainesville High School, an opportunity to get some hands-on skill work. Also break down into teams and play games in front of college coaches, media members such as myself, videographers, photographers. Every player gets a written evaluation that they can hold on and cherish <laughs> until their playing career is over. Uh, more information on that is available on sandyspiel.com. The deadline to register is March 15th. Right now on the girls' side, you would have to sign up for the wait list. If you do that, you do not get charged. You only get charged if you are rewarded a spot in camp, and you would get a email with bells and whistles letting you know that your spot has been secured. Uh, so you might want to sign up just in case anybody drops out. With that being said, Class 7A... Out of all our classifications, we were 24 of 32, 75%. Not the best, but not the end of the world. Um, but no surprise, uh, things got much, much harder. Um, let's talk about these matchups here. Class 7A, Saturday, March 2nd at Georgia State. The 1 p.m. game will feature Cherokee versus North Paulding. Cherokee defeated Campbell 70-60. to They jumped out on Campbell early. Campbell went to the press, made it a little bit interesting, but Cherokee was able to hold on and win. And then they see North Paulding, who was up about double digits most of the game at Buford, then held on in overtime 74-69, winning at Buford, getting that monkey off their back, the team that blew them out of the postseason last year. They played much closer earlier in the season, about the third game of the year. This season, that gave me um, some pause to think that, okay, North Paulding is getting closer and closer and closer. Um, I picked both of those games wrong. I picked Campbell and I picked Buford, but kudos to both of those teams, North Paulding and Cherokee, for advancing. North Paulding with that 74-69 win, Ava Andrews had 21 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. Morgan Landrum, 18 points and 8 rebounds for the freshman. Marina Sapola, 17 points, drilling 5 threes. Now, North Paulding sees a Cherokee team that they played already this season. And North Paulding won that game, 63-57 on January 6th. Ava Andrews had 15 points. Looks like actually maybe 13 points and 9 rebounds. Marina hit... Four threes, had 12 points. Um, this is going to be a fun matchup when you look at it man-to-man, woman-to-woman between Tony Warren and Ava Andrews. They both match up very well with one another, both long, athletic wings, guards. Uh, Andrews more so getting it done inside the paint and defensively Warren more of a jump shooter. Um but the simple fact that both these teams are here, this is rarefied air. I know, I believe Cherokee has been to a Final Four before. North Paulding making history and being here. Um, but North Paulding with that size inside. Kata McCorvey, can't forget about her with her rebounding. Morgan Landrum almost double-doubled against Buford. Um, 
Not to say that Cherokee is small. Cherokee does have some size, and Riley Simmons will be playing a big factor here as that stretch forward. Um, but North Paulding can get after you, and when they go to that press, they've been affected with that. Jada Jackson, uh, Marina Sapola, both of those girls have played well during this stretch. Cherokee, the key for North Paulding is to stop Cherokee's Tony Warren. They can't let her go crazy because if she goes crazy, then Cherokee can win this game. I'm going to go with North Paulding to advance to the Class 7A state championship. I just think that size inside, they got that monkey off their back beating a Buford team. They've already beaten Cherokee once this year. It's tough to beat a team two times, three times, four times. You hear it all the time. Um, Cherokee's going to have a really good game plan for this one, uh, I would have to assume. You know, keep an eye on Madison Moody if she's able to get hot with her outside shooting. Um, you know, they have so many different players that they can turn to. It's just a really deep roster. Whitecliff's a really good athletic guard, a, 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 a lacrosse standout, I believe, going to South Florida. So Cherokee has that depth and that firepower to kind of match North Paulding. But I'm going with the Wolfpack here coming off that big win. They've beaten Cherokee before. But remember, Cherokee's been here before. At least the program has. North Paulding hasn't. That could be a factor. But North Paulding is my pick. Um, they're playing well right now, especially beating Buford. Uh, but should be a good one. But North Paulding will be my pick to advance past Cherokee and beat the Warriors for the second time this year. Over on the right-hand side of the bracket, this game is going to be played at 5 p.m., after Grayson beat Norcross 59-38. And they will see Lowndes, a 61-50 winner over Milton. I was uh, leaning towards wanting to pick Lowndes. I went with Milton. Milton jumped out 19-5. Milton got off to as good of a start as you could hope for. And then the wheels fell off and they couldn't score anymore. And Lowndes settled in. Ariana Thomas, Casey Demps, um, Kimora Wade. And they really grinded on them. And slowly edged ahead and secured that win. But now they're seeing the best team, probably the best public school in the nation, or very close, if if you want to say that. Um, but Grayson has been a high-flying uh, offensive team all year long. Now, if Lyons can make this a physical punch-you-in-the-mouth game and grind on you and keep this game in the half court and close out on shooters and use some of their big bodies inside to control the paint, limit Aaron Rodgers on second-chance opportunities. If Danny Carnegie gets into the lane, um, you know, cut that off and make her feel you when you go into the lane, uh, if that has to be a, a hard foul or something like that. But, I mean, Carnegie's so good, I don't think anything can really affect her at this point. Um, but those quick little guards between Tatum Brown and also – uh, Malaya Jones, I think they're going to play a big factor in this game with their jitterbug quickness, their outside shooting. They all share the ball very well with one another. And I think Tosh Hunter, you're going to see her with her defensive presence in this game, being able uh, to sit down and defend some of these lounge guards and make life difficult. I think Grayson, I mean, you just check what what's happened. You know, Grayson all throughout the year, they played everybody in the state. They played teams in the non-region uh, schedule. They beat teams from out of state. They've played a juggernaut of a schedule. They've passed every single test with flying colors. Um, Lowndes did not do that in the regular season, but um, they beat Carrollton 57-56, a team that was in the top five all year. They just beat one, uh, Milton, that was a team that was in the top ten all year. Uh, so outside of that first-round win over uh, Brookwood, 52-42, 
Lowndes has really hit their stride, and they have played exceptionally well. Courtney Fleming, the coach that took over for Antonio Tukes, has really re-energized that program. It sounds like they made the right decision as far as this season, um, letting go of their head coach, and now Lowndes is playing to their absolute potential. But I just don't know if that potential is going to stack up against Grayson. That's just a tall task to try and top Grayson. Um, but I think Lowndes, this is a slam dunk. This is a a successful season, a wildly successful season, coming from South Georgia, making it to the Final Four, even having an opportunity to play the best team, one of the best teams in the entire nation. Um, that's that's a win. And I think you've seen it before in the South, though. We've seen more so on the boys' side. How about when Tiff County played Norcross in the state championship game and Norcross had all those big-time D1 players and Tiff County had that no-buckets mentality and they grinded on them and pulled off the upset. Grayson's going to have to play well in this one, but I do think at the end of the day the talent will win out and I think the coaching of Tim Slater will find a way to put his girls in the best position to succeed. So I have the Rams finally ending a great season from the Vikettes. Up next in Class 6A, we got three of four correct, one we got wrong. How about veterans going on the road and beating Langston Hughes 60-56? to A huge win for Coach Owens and company. Big-time game. Um, you know, took that lead. Langston Hughes trying to make it closer and closer. Um, but at the end of the day, that Warhawks team, a young Warhawk team, uh, held on. Gabby Minus had 20 points. Naraya Nelson... 18 points, hit four threes, and Destin Seaton with that veteran senior leadership added in 11. So Langston Hughes eliminated, and that's a, a tough pill to swallow. Tough pill to swallow for Langston Hughes, a tough pill to swallow for New Manchester. They brought in so many transfers uh, this offseason, and both teams unable to make it to the Final Four. So veterans advances to the Final Four. They will be playing North Forsyth at 1 p.m. on March 2nd at West Georgia. North Forsyth down early, but then uh, surged ahead of Woodward. Woodward went on a little run there to make it tight. And then at the end of the day at Cole Mountain, the Raiders got the job done. 61-49, London Weaver. I think she went for about 30 points in this game. She is a big-time player. You can put the star sticker next to her name because she has really elevated herself into being a prime-time performer. So North Forsyth, they're 30-0. Sometimes it feels like we forget that they are still undefeated in this state of Georgia, but 30-0, and and now they see veterans in a tough matchup. Veterans, again, we just mentioned all their top performers with Gabby Minus, that length, athleticism, Naraya Nelson, if she's knocking down some outside shots. Veterans will be longer. They will be more athletic than North Forsyth in this game. Um, but the star power matchup, London Weaver versus Gabby Minus, I mean, I know Gabby might go a little bit higher than London at the end of the day because she is younger and she has a little bit maybe more upside but more time to grow. But London Weaver is very good, and Gabby uh, Gelada is a very good score as well. Emma Rose knocking down threes on the perimeter. This game is going to be at West Georgia. Um, I'm going to go with North Forsyth to beat veterans. I think their defense might be able to sit down and make things tough for veterans, keep them in the half court. They're going to have to really block out and keep them off the glass. Rihanna Bird with her length is going to be an issue. Uh, she's pretty tough, but Lindsey Perkle um, is a, 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 a solid candidate 
a player that's signed to play at the next level already. Uh, she is going to be a key piece, not only rebounding inside, keeping the ball high, and scoring on putbacks, um, but with her ability um, to stretch the floor, she can knock down some outside shots. She can rebound a little bit. She's signed to play at Union. Um, going to be a good battle here. I'm going to go with North Forsyth, a team full of veterans, uh, going up against veterans, which is a, a wee bit younger as far as their star potential goes. But again, either way, I'm not going to be surprised if veteran wins this game. Veterans on paper, uh, you could probably argue, has a little bit more talent. But I'm going to go with North Forsyth um, to lean on their defense and spread the ball around and knock down some threes to make it to the state title game. On the right-hand side... At 5 p.m., we will see Marist versus River Ridge, a rematch of the Elite Eight game last year. Marist topping Pope 57-29. I thought that game would be somewhere like 44-23, so um, a little off. Marist put about 10, 12 more points on the board than I expected, but either way, the same end result. Marist with a big W. And now they will see River Ridge, who is nip and tuck, Tied at the half, but then pulled away in the second half, 64-49 to win at Tift County. Uh, you're seeing a terrific run as of late by the sergeant, Allie Sweet. She has really come on strong these past two games uh, using her uh, you know, leaping ability, her length, really dominating in the paint, 24 points, 11 rebounds, 5 steals. Three assists, three blocks. Uh, she has just taken her game up to another level, going to UNC Greensboro to play volleyball. But golly gee, now it feels like UNC G, uh, might want to try and get her on the basketball court as well. Uh, but either way, River Ridge versus Marist, I was at this game last year. River Ridge defeated Marist at Marist in the Elite Eight, 61-43. to You saw Kayla Cleveland had a big game, 17 points and nine rebounds. Michaela Robertson uh, had... 13 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. And then for Mayors, Kate Harpering did all the heavy lifting with 23 points and 7 rebounds. As I recall from this game last year, every time Mayors hit a 3, River Ridge would go right back down and answer with the 3 of their own. So when it felt like Mayors was finally gaining some traction, uh, that firepower, uh, last year with Matea Gale running the show, it would just be a, a, another 3 that would answer tick for tack. And Mayors could never get momentum to get back into that game. But I believe the first part of this game will be very key. You know, looking at what River Ridge has done the past two games, you know, it's been a little bit of a slow start. They've found themselves tied or either down at the half, I think, um, you know, trying to solve these this opposition. Now, uh, you can't fall too far behind if you play Maris because Maris isn't going to beat themselves. They play very good defense. Uh, I'm, I'm sure River Ridge, of course, they know – what they'll have to do to try and beat Maris, and that's contain Kate Harpering and be solid on the backside when you're dealing with Hannah Fett-Klaris and also Abby Lindsay, who can step outside and shoot the three. They have some freshmen that can also space the floor as well, but that's really going to be your big three that you have to key in on. You have to rotate on defense. You can't get beat um, with that passing. You know, Maris, a lot of times it's Kate Harpering. She'll put the ball on the floor, but everyone else, it's A to B to C passing without even having to put the ball on the floor for easy layups and getting cut up. Uh, Finley Parker, her first go-around playing against a, a team like Maris, she is going to have to be big inside with that length and rebounding and 
Again, just being able to move on a string and know how to rotate over to limit any easy baskets that Maris is going to try and do. Um, you know, just looking at this game, River Ridge has way more fire firepower than Maris. So if, if this does turn into a shootout, that that tends to favor River Ridge. But River Ridge is going to have to get stops. They can't let Kate Harper go crazy in this one, which she is very capable of doing. One of the very best players in the entire state. Uh, River Ridge is going to be my pick to win this one. I think. Michaela Robertson uh, is going to have to play a big role, especially considering that she will most likely draw the assignment of guarding Kate Harpering, but it's going to take a village to slow her down. You're going to be able to have to help off and then recover onto Maris shooters in this game. And I think Maris in the backcourt getting some offense besides Harpering. They did not get much of that at all last year when they played River Ridge. It was really just Harpering, and then um, the other guards kind of struggled to find their footing and knock down open shots. If they can do that, this game could get a little bit scary for the Knights. The Knights have been in some close calls and some close games lately. Maris has not really seen any close games and has not had to really handle adversity and pull games out of the fire. Um, but this will be a good game. This will be a tight one. I would be surprised if this one is decided by 18 points like it was last year. I find that hard to believe. Should be a close, tight game. But again, River Ridge has found ways to win in close games and tough environments before. Now that it's at a neutral site at West Georgia, um, they have experience. I'm going with River Ridge, the defending state champs, to knock off Maris for a second consecutive season. Moving on to Class 5A, three of four right, one very drastically wrong. The game that I was at, Maynard Jackson, an 80-55 to 55 winner over Union Grove. Now Maynard Jackson will see underdog Cartersville in the Final Four, 1 p.m. on Friday at West Georgia. Back to this Maynard Jackson game. Uh, I was wrong, but I was 1 million percent right. I picked Union Grove to win, but I said if this is a high-scoring game, if this game's in the 60s or above, it is heavily going to favor Maynard Jackson. And I cringed when I saw Union Grove open up the game in the press, and you don't want to play a full-court style with Maynard Jackson with their quick guards, especially with how just red-hot they were shooting the ball. That game was 31-8 at the end of the first quarter, and unfortunately for Union Grove, that was way too much of a hole for them to get out of. They were down 50-20 to 20 at the half, and uh, I said the winner of this game, I, I think, is winning the state championship, and uh, that has not changed. I think I'm doubling and tripling and quadrupling down that Maynard Jackson will win the state title now, especially if they play anywhere <laughs> near as well as they did in this one. Um, they hit 10 threes. Uh, Talia Cornish was outstanding had 25 points Shakira Gresham cupcake was just all over the place relentless ridiculous energy 19 points 14 rebounds four assists five steals and two blocks Caden Cornish had 16 points Kendi Cooper 14 points and for Union Grove it was really just uh, Jordan Brooks and then Anadia Smith got going there a little bit in the third quarter but Jordan Brooks ends her great career with 29 points, 8 rebounds and 3 assists. She scored the first 10 points of the game for Union Grove, but nothing else went right. Mariah Miller fouled out. She had 4 fouls in the first half, fouled out early third quarter. It was really just a nightmare of a game. Nothing went right from the opening tip-off when uh, Maynard Jackson, I believe it was a three that they hit right out of the gates. And, you know, it was a track meet. The track meet was on. 
and that did not favor Union Grove whatsoever. So a great season comes to an end. But Maynard Jackson, now they see Cartersville, a 47-46 winner over Harris County. Um, Cartersville is going to enter this game as a heavy, 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 heavy underdog um, in this game. I just don't know how they're able to gonna how they're able to uh, be able to play with this Maynard Jackson team, especially if it gets up and down again. You have to play Maynard Jackson in the half court. Give your chance. Give your team a chance uh, to kind of slow it down and defend them. Um, We'll see if Cartersville comes out in the press. If they're able to do so, you got to have some quick guards to press. Union Grove, um, you know, they really kind of have two quicker guards, and then they kind of go with three more wing forward type players. So that wasn't necessarily a, a great matchup as far as pressing. You have to match speed with speed, and I don't know if Cartersville is going to do that, and I would advise not to press. But if they are a pressing team, you have to go at what your strength is. But Taft Bradley came up big for Cartersville in that 47-46 win over Harris County. You had 18 points and 9 rebounds. Um, I think you're going to have to see Ansley Griffin, Sanai Camper, KK Arnold. They're going to have to be great with the ball. I mean, if you give up live ball turnovers, they're going to be points for Maynard Jackson. And they had so many live ball turnovers that they turned into transition buckets. And that really killed uh, Union Grove. And not to say that uh, Maynard Jackson has great size, but uh, on the perimeter at least, but they just swallowed up so many passes at the top of the key, uh, really attacking those guards of Union Grove, taking away their airspace active hands, getting deflections and then run-ups. Um, Cartersville, they have to protect the ball in this game. They have to protect the ball. Um, and, you know, not like Union Grove. Union Grove has had that a little bit of a size advantage where I thought they could pound the ball inside. And you saw it in the third quarter with Nadia Smith where she scored, I believe, eight points in that frame. But they weren't ever able to do that consistently. And when they did do that, they were already down 30 points. I don't think Cartersville has that advantage inside uh, as far as height goes. Um, but Carsville, they do have a lot of guards. They're going to play very, very hard and very, very fast. And I know this will be a, a motivational uh, TED Talk for them picking against them. But I think Maynard Jackson, I'm going to keep it with what I've seen. I think Maynard Jackson's the best team in 5A now if they beat the other team that I thought was the best team. So Maynard Jackson, they're my pick. I just think they're too explosive. Um, but West Georgia and Arena, maybe if the depth perception isn't there... Outside shots aren't falling. Maybe it gets a little bit hairy, but Maynard Jackson will enter this game as a heavy favorite in my pick to make it to the state championship game. Next up at West Georgia on March 1st, a Friday. Dalton will see Midtown. Dalton, a 71-52 winner over Arabia Mountain. Went on a landslide of a run. Grace Ridley and company helped put Arabia Mountain away. And then Midtown, 58-37 over Jones County going uh, on the road to get that win. Came out in the second half and really stuck it to them. I I like Grace Ridley in this game, but uh, Haley Wartman is 6-2, can rebound. Midtown plays extremely hard. They get after you. They will press you. Um, They're very well balanced. They have a lot of girls that can score. Um, this is a fun game that I would like to see in person, but I will have other duties. Um, Midtown is probably going to be my pick in this one. Just looking at what Region 5 has done, and Midtown has played Maynard Jackson fairly close a couple times this season, but 
Um, Region 5 plays really, really fast, and they can put the ball in the basket. Dalton is uh, is capable of doing that, but they're more physical. Uh, Kimaria Washington, I think she's going to Reinhardt maybe. She's really tough and strong. And Jolie Winf- Wing- Wingfield, I like her game as a power wing forward type player. Uh, Emma Hefner, she's a really good athlete getting some steals. A couple other guards. Um, but Grace Ridley is going to be the key here. If Midtown can kind of neutralize her and not let her have a crazy 25-15 and 15 game, I think Midtown with Brianna Lewis and Devin Bachman at that quick guard position, Sinclair Richmond knocking down some shots, Kate Barton just being a, uh, just a hustler, a player that you want on your team, and the list goes on and on and on. I think Midtown has uh, a lot of weapons. They play fast. They play hard as does Dalton play hard, but I do think they might be able to solve Dalton and win this game. Wouldn't be surprised if Dalton won, but Midtown is my selection. I am going with Midtown. I'm going with the Knights to make it to the state title game and to see Maynard Jackson for a fourth time. Into class 4A we go. We got three of four right top. Left-hand side, Baldwin crushed Stockbridge. Baldwin, ooh, Baldwin feels like the team to beat this year. And we harped on it in the last podcast. I felt like if anyone could maybe hang with Baldwin or at least could match up size-wise, it was Stockbridge. And Baldwin beat the brakes off of them. Now Baldwin sees Fayette County 77-71 winner over Chesty. We got this one wrong. Riley Black, if those stats are correct, 42 points and 16 rebounds, but again, just one person not going to be able to top Fayette County, so a good win for Fayette County. Anaya Ferguson almost had a triple-double in that game, blocked away eight shots, was a monster on the glass, scored around the rim. We previewed her as going to have to play a really big factor in this game with the size to be able to kind of alter some shots of Riley Black, and she did, but she still got her 40-plus points. Um, but these two teams, Baldwin versus Fayette County, hooking up on Saturday, March 2nd at Fort Valley State at 1 p.m. Uh, this has been a terrific season for Fayette County. Coach Gilbert has really got this team um, to new heights, uh, and they're young, and they're good, and a lot of juniors, and they got Dela uh, McCoy's good in the backcourt, Andrea Hope. They got a lot of really good pieces. Megan Ahonde just got a Furman offer after the game. Feel really, really good about Fayette County, but against Baldwin, I, this is not a knock against Fayette County whatsoever. Um, but I think Baldwin's the one team that I don't think anyone's going to beat in Class 4A um, this year. It just Janae Walker and Madison Ruff and Cassidy Neal, and I, I'm just going to list off the names. Like they've been so good this year, and the fact that they were able to go up against a Stockbridge team, as I mentioned, a team that can match them. As far as physically and height-wise, and they just bullied them around and blew them out, especially in the second half. That's that's impressive. Janae Walker, 17 points, 17 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals, 3 blocks. Cassidy Neal, 15 points, 9 rebounds. Jazz Williams with 10 points. Madison Ruff, 8 points, 5 assists. Um, Fayette does have some size. We mentioned Ferguson, um, but I just don't I, – I, I would be surprised if they – beat Baldwin but if Fayette can hit some outside shots with the Honda open up the floor and make things interesting but uh, Baldwin has just been on a warpath since they saw that state title slip out of their grasp a year ago 
when they lost to Griffin. I think Coach Kizzy Walker and the Bravettes have been dead set on getting back to Macon and finishing the drill this year. And I just think Baldwin is going to be too strong, too big, and just too good overall for Fayette County. But I do think Fayette can hang around in this game and make it interesting because I do think they do have a, a, a wide variety of guards that can attack on the permanent and that have length there. But it just I just feel like it's Baldwin's year this year. And I would be shocked if they could not um, at least make it back to Macon. Right-hand side of the bracket, two for two, North Oconee, 62-55 winner over Stars Mill. Reese Riddle had a big game. I think I saw she put up 20 points, more of a a supporting cast member, but stepped up, and then Kendall Wells did her thing in the paint, a tight game throughout. North Oconee will now be seeing Hardaway. We picked Hardaway to beat Holy Innocence, maybe not a super popular pick in the Metro Atlanta area, but I have believed in Hardaway all year long. Hardaway, 59-53, and now Hardaway will see North Oconee at 5 p.m. on Saturday at Fort Valley State. Hardaway is good. Akila Shelton, I keep mentioning her with her ability to block shots. Michaela Johnson knocking down outside shots. Adiza Burrell, uh, Janaya Hardy. It goes on and on and on. I like Hardaway. I really like their starting five. They play good defense. They play into their roles. They handle their business. I like Hardaway to beat North Oconee. I, you know, it'll be a little bit tougher. I feel like for Kendall Wells inside. You know, she's only about maybe five eight, five nine. Big physical softball presence that gets a lot of buckets inside. But now you're going to be running up against six one, six two shot blockers. That could be challenging. Now, if you get one of those shot blockers in foul trouble for Hardaway, maybe things get a little bit interesting. Uh, I think you're going to have to see North Oconee hit some shots. I think Ayana Peavy and Lolly Willis are going to play big factors in this one. If North Oconee wants to win, they're going to have to loosen up the floor. They're going to have to hit some threes. I think they will be able to knock down a few of them, but I just feel like Hardaway... Uh, again, I just feel like they've been, what, number two in the state all year long. I feel like they have been ready for this moment, a team full of pretty much all juniors. They're going to be back, folks. Hardaway is really, 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 really good. Um, I think Hardaway with that size and that toughness, I do think they're going to pose some issues for North Oconee. And this is, you know, looking at this ride, this is, you know, this is going to be the, the biggest and most athletic team that North Oconee has seen in the state tournament. You know, they beat up Pace Academy beat up Sonoraville, beat up Stars Mill, all games that they match up fairly well with both, you know, all those teams they play and not having, you know, huge size inside um, and not, uh, you know, really challenging them athletically or height-wise, you know, physically speaking. Uh, but Hardaway is going to be bigger. And maybe other than the point guard spot, it feels like they might be um, more athletic or quicker across the board in some areas. And I do like Shelton inside to really control the paint. But I think Hardaway wins this one. I think it's just a different brand of basketball that North Oconee hasn't been able to get a whole, you know, super used to as far as seeing that size inside. So I'm going with Hardaway to advance on to play Baldwin in the state championship. On to Class 3A. I got three of four right. And go back and run the tape because I wanted to pick Monroe. But I went with White County. And White County led this entire game. And then I was told Monroe went on an 11-0 run to shock White County. So Monroe beats White County 67-64 to make it to the Final Four. And again, 
How nice is it to have KJ Cree on the roster? You add the freshman phenom, and she lifts her team to a Final Four appearance. Uh, that is pretty good, folks. That is pretty good. But now they'll run into a buzzsaw, it feels like, on this left-hand side of the bracket. They will be playing Saturday, March 2nd at Savannah State. Monroe will now see Hebron Christian, 75-28 winner over Morgan County. Uh, one of the rare, rare games where you could kind of say, hmm, maybe Hebron doesn't have the best player on the court. I think uh, KJ Cree is definitely the uh, best overall prospect in this game, but Aubrey Beckham is great. Jakira Butler is good. Daniel Osho is good. You know, the cavalcade of stars that have all joined in together to build a, a very strong super team, and Hebron's just going to be way too much in this game. Um, it'll be a really good experience for a young Monroe team to see a, a powerhouse like Hebron like this, but I don't foresee Hebron having any trouble uh, with stopping the Golden Tornado. So Hebron, um, as myself and everybody else in the state thinks, uh, will make it to the state championship. Uh, Right-hand side, Wesleyan, 66-44 against Cross Creek. Cross Creek was able to put up a fight. Um, Taj Halls and then uh, Michaela Bogans did a nice job, but Wesleyan too strong at the end of the day. They will see Carver-Columbus, 76-57 winner over Hart County. So these two teams will be playing at 5 p.m. on Saturday, March 2nd at Savannah State. And Wesleyan... And Carver, they hooked up last year in the Elite Eight, and it was a high-scoring game over at Wesleyan. Wesleyan won 78-71. Audrey Ekukai-Blah, she's been out this year. She led the team in scoring with 20 points, but you got 19 points and 8 rebounds from Chit Chat Wright. Eva Garabadian, who's going to Georgia College, had 17 points. Joanna Potter had 14 points and 7 rebounds. And now you add in Brianna Preston to the mix. So Wesleyan, even though they don't have a lot of depth, they don't have a lot of depth. They got Shayla Barr, who's been a key piece for them this year, really stepped up, but they don't have much depth at all. Carver typically has a lot of depth. They come at you in waves and in numbers, and Jasmine Thornton, uh, uh, Aubrey Wilkins, and Chubb Williams, and all these girls, they'll come at you, they'll bring the fight, they'll press, they'll make it interesting. They have athleticism, they have length, they play with speed. But I think at the end of the day, I would be hard-pressed to see uh, a Texas signee in uh, Brianna Preston and a Georgia Tech signee in Chit Chat Wright. I would have to assume they are good enough to be able to help beat that press and get this game super high scoring and let those three balls start flying and creating for others. You could see a lot of drive and kick. I could see a lot of drive and kick beat the press. Find Eva Garabadian in the corner for three, and if she is burying those threes, Wesleyan is going to be hard to beat. I think this will be one of the most fun and most entertaining games in all the state uh, when they play on March 2nd, but I do feel like Wesleyan should win this game. Carver's got the firepower to compete with them. Cameron Thomas and company, they'll get downhill, but I do like Wesleyan to get past Carver, and again, a high-scoring explosive, fun, fast-paced game. In Class 2A, we got three out of four right. Central Macon grinds it out over Columbia, 44-37. And now they will see Josie, 65-48, go to Banks County and just overwhelm Banks County. And now it will be a game that we will see played March 2nd, Georgia College at 1 p.m., 
Yours truly will be on the call, color commentator for all eight games this weekend for Class 2A and Class A Division One. Tune in to the NFHS Network. Going to be with uh, some great uh, other voices, Josh Tanner and Luke Winstall, two of the, the best young men in the game. So really looking forward to getting on the call with those guys. We have a lot of fun when we get to Milledgeville. Anyway, you don't want to hear about me. You want to hear about the game. Central making versus Josie. Central making said that 4.3 mentality all season long. It's a next man mentality. They've had three key players out this year with season-ending injuries. I believe two of them were starters in Taylor Davis and Talia Greer. Um, I think they need all the bullets in the chamber in this one. Josie's really good. Keisha Henderson Zamaya Jenkins, I think she'll be a big factor in this game. I want to see the battle between her and Francis and Yakuto and Yakuto Muto, uh, more of a uh, underneath the basket physical movie out of the paint player. And Jenkins is a springy, get it over top of you um, type forward. The guard play will be really fun. Uh, Carrie Fluellen's really good. I, I hate that Central Macon's not at full strength, and they're not going to use as that as an excuse because they're already here. It doesn't matter. Next man up. They have a lot of good young players coming up. The pipeline, Casey Reeves, expect her to get in the game a little bit and knock down some shots potentially. Um, I think Jazz Johnson's going to have to play a big role as a six foot one forward. It's not just going to be, you know, stretching as that three and D knocking down shots, but she's going to have to really help out on the glass because. Uh, Shania Sanders and company, Josie, really long, really athletic. They got sharp guard play. They have all the pieces. And that fact that they have all the pieces is why I'm leaning towards Josie making it to the state championship game. I picked them originally in the very first Bracketology preview podcast. I'm going to stick with them here. But I know Central Macon, they can make this into a rock fight. This will be a physical, tough-nosed game. Alaya Grain, if she gets hot from deep, uh, she can win this game with her scoring and her toughness. Central Macon's been battle-tested. They've played some good teams throughout the year, as has Josie, but a little bit maybe more so in the region. Central Macon has gone out of the region to see different opponents. But I'm going to go with Josie here just for the simple fact they are at full strength, and I hate it for Central Macon, but this feels like if they do lose this game, this could be a bit of a what if. What if we didn't have three key pieces missing? Um but that's just how the cookie crumbles, unfortunately, sometimes. And I'm going to have to go with a much more fuller strength Josie team. Top right-hand side, Murray took the top off, took the lid off, 52-49. They stunned Butler at Butler. And now Murray County will run into Mount Perrin, an 86-55 winner over Dodge. You saw Ciara Alexander post, what, 28 points, close to 30 points against Dodge County. And they blew them out of the water. This game will be played at 5 p.m. I think Mount Perrin is going to be too big with the length. All those guards, everyone back. A state championship team. I think it's going to be uh, going for a three-peat now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Bailey Winkler is really good inside for Murray County. But now you're running into where the strength lies for Mount Perrin. And that is the shot blocking of Jessica Fields. And then just the overall strength and speed and blend of just a unique player. And the Campbell signee. Sierra Alexander, I think Murray County is going to struggle to score in the paint against Mount Perrin. But again, 
As I mentioned in the last podcast, at least last year, you saw Jessica Fields get into some foul trouble. I don't know if she's been doing that this year. Uh, if she's not been getting into foul trouble, I think Mount Perrin's uh, in really good shape with this one. And then the guard play with Mount Perrin, they're going to apply severe pressure with Catali Humans and Jacqueline Murthill. Uh, I just don't know if Murray County is going to be able to see that. But either way, if Murray County loses this game, um, this is a success, and you could – you could argue that they really did reach their ceiling because it feels like Mount Perrin is certainly the team to beat here. Um, and as far as what Murray County's done for a Northwest Georgia school, small little public school, um, Coach Tipton has really turned this program around and has turned this program into a consistent winner no matter who was on the floor. But I think Mount Perrin is just going to be overall way too strong and with that length and just knocking down outside shots, Isabella Ramirez, uh, just too many options and too strong defensively. So I am going with the Eagles. On to Class A Division One. We were four for four out of the first three rounds. I've only gotten two games wrong. Uh, Class A Division One is a little bit of a specialty for me, I guess. I'm able to see a lot of these teams, but we will be. In Georgia College in Milledgeville, the Centennial Center, Friday, March 1st, I will have the call, color commentator, for these matchups. At 1 p.m., we will see Galloway, a 70-61 winner. They were down 28-21 at the half at Swainsboro. I said they were going to have to play extremely well to get past Swainsboro, and they were up against the ropes until an explosive third quarter helped them get past the Tigers. And now they will see Rabin County, Region 8 champs. They took it to Bryan County, beat them up 71-45. Not much of a surprise with that game. I thought that Rabin County could blow out Bryan County, and that is what they were doing and what they did. And now it will be a very tough match of a really strong interesting game here you got the private schools all three private schools left and then the one little public school in raven county the little engine that could this game is going to be interesting galloway they've been a slow starter the past two games they had a, a slim lead over elbert county led by about maybe four or five i think it was at the half and then they blew them out and then the same thing down seven at against swainsboro and then they stepped on the gas uh, so Keisha Browns had the answers at halftime. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Rabin can jump on Galloway early on. Maybe we have ourselves a ball game. Those three balls will be flying. It's going to come down to how many threes uh, Rabin County is going to be able to take and make because they are one of the best, if not the best, three-point shooting team in the state of Georgia this year. Two players with over 100 made threes between Presbyterian signee Ellie Southards in the Western Carolina signee, Lucy Hood. So they will put points on the board. Lucy had 22, 5 and 5 against Bryan County, but uh, it's going to come down to three pointers made. And if they're able to hit those shots, you know, Georgia College, more of a, you know, stadium, arena setting, it's a little bit different. But Rabin has been here two years ago when they beat up on Northeast Macon to make it to the state championship game. So they do have some experience, and of course Galloway has experience as well. Um, it's going to be a, a fun two-player matchup, especially with Lucy Hood and Ellie Southers versus Tiana Thompson, who's going to Georgia Tech, and her younger sister, Taryn Thompson. Now I will say I think Galloway is 
more vulnerable than last year's team as far as they don't have all these, you know, Kalen Fields isn't there and um, all those great players they had graduate last year. So Galloway, you, you've seen it at times this year. They haven't really been blowing teams out, but they're still really good. And if, if the Thompson sisters get red hot and they're knocking down those pull-up threes and, you know, Tiana's really good at getting to the basket and she's crafty with those long steps and graceful finishes and drawing fouls, Galloway will be in business here. But those two players – it's going to be two-on-two two, uh, as far as what you are expecting, those two dynamic duos. Um, but Ellie Southard's a, a key factor here. She cannot get in foul trouble. If she is locked up with D. Stokes inside or um, Sophia Louis-Pierre, uh, Louis I mean, she, she can't get in foul trouble because if she gets in foul trouble, it's going to go a little bit sideways. I think Raven County, they have seen a little bit of a, a similar team to this. Uh, I would say, and that would be at the Sandy Spiel tip-off classic when they played a full-strength Trinity Christian team who did have an explosive guard going to Georgia Tech and Gabby Grooms, and they did have Ivana Djankovic, uh, who was eligible at the time uh, and provided that interior presence, and they had quick guards around them that shot threes, and that was a really free-flowing game, but then Ellie Southerds got in foul trouble, and and Rabin ended up losing in the fourth quarter. Um, so they have seen a team that can shoot the ball like that. But Galloway, where their size advantage is and their advantage overall is in the paint with D. Stokes, I think Raven's going to have to do a really good job of keeping her off the glass. Uh, if it comes down to her scoring in the post, you have to make her score on post moves. It can't just be catch the ball, go up, lay up, finish. It's got to be something with her back to the basket and making her show off some moves, which I believe she's been improving on each and every uh, game I've seen her, um, but Chloe early one. She's only about five foot seven. She's going to be tasked with keeping her out of the paint and off the backboards. But again, Raven has experience with playing against bigger teams. Athens Christian's got six three and six two inside, and they they were able to beat Athens Christian once. Uh, I think you're going to see your role players here play big roles. If Millie Watts is knocking down those three-point shots and J.C. McCall is hitting some three-point shots and Addie Beth Owens and, and Adeline Thompson, I mean, there's so many players on the floor that can space out the floor and knock down threes for Rabin County. And if they're on, that can jolt Rabin out to a uh, a lead. Um, but the key factor for Rabin is you can't let Tiana Thompson go crazy. You have to locate Taryn Thompson as a shooter. Uh, Taryn's gotten so much better as becoming a creator, especially in the transition game. And I think uh, Sophia Louis-Pierre, uh, her length and activity, especially when Galloway goes to the press, you have to limit live ball turnovers, can't let them get easy buckets, and you've got to be able to block her out because I could see Sophia crashing in for some offensive rebounds and some putbacks and playing a key factor in this game. I think Raven can win this game. I think if their three-point shots are falling and they stay out of foul trouble and if they don't get winded and tired come the fourth quarter, they can win this game. But Galloway... Uh, you have a girl going to Georgia Tech. You have another girl with SEC offers. Uh, it's a private school. Uh, a lot is going in Galloway's favor. I think Galloway finds a way to beat Rabin County in this one. But again, 
Galloway on upset alert. They're going to have to play very well, and they cannot have slow first halves like they did against Swainsboro and Elbert County because if Rabin is hot to open up, you could see Rabin pop in eight threes in the first half. That has more than happened before considering a team that hit 13 threes against Mount Pisgah in the Sweet 16. They hit 21 threes against Tula Falls earlier in the season. If Rabin is red hot from distance, um, they could beat a lot of teams in the state. And Galloway's going to have to be aware of that. But I do think Galloway, with their ability to get downhill, draw fouls, and if Tiana Thompson gets Rabin in foul trouble, I think Rabin will be in trouble. So I am going to go with Galloway to grind it out and get past Rabin in a game that should be competitive all throughout. Right-hand side, Athens Christian will meet St. Francis at 5 p.m. at Georgia College. Athens Christian, a 57-42 winner over Lamar County. Now they see St. Francis 75-53 over East Lawrence. And I feel like these matchups are, you know, these two teams, they wanted to see each other as far as, or the four teams, like Galloway and Rabin, that's more like guards over there. Athens Christian versus St. Francis, they all have they have all the bigs over this way. So if any team matches up well enough with St. Francis, at least in the front court, it would be Athens Christian with Marlene and Belima and then Voldy Basana inside. But Athens Christian, they have no depth. They'll play six players if they're pressed into it. Uh, St. Francis with that full court press. Very concerned with what they will be able to do against Athens Christian. Now, I will say I think Athens Christian has improved with their ball handling this year between Ansley Moore and Josie Vaughn. Uh, but St. Francis, their length and that press is typically uh, just a different animal that you just can't really replicate, especially in Region 8. And it's going to be challenging to advance the ball because you got Cameron Golston flying at you. You got... Uh, you got Nia Young, you got Desi Taylor, you got so many guards. You got Gianna um, Rogers, a freshman that can really stroke the ball. Uh, it's going to be tough. And looking at what happened last year, 90-54, to St. Francis beat up Athens Christian. There is almost no way I could see it being that bad this year. But again, live ball turnovers are a killer against St. Francis. They got Amelia Bassett inside. They got the reigning Class A Division I Player of the Year, Samaya White, who's going to Austin P inside. That battle in the paint between Athens Christians bigs that are big, long, and physical against St. Francis, that is going to be fun to watch. Um, if one gets in foul trouble, uh, you could see Athens Christian potentially topple. St. Francis has just so many options to choose from. They could space the ball out. They could shoot the three. Uh, so this is St. Francis' state title to lose. Uh, but I do think Athens Christian is just going to come down to protecting the ball. Can you get some advantages on the backboards if they're not able to, which is going to be tough because St. Francis is so big inside and might be a little bit more physical. Um, it, it, it can be challenging, but I think you're going to have to see Natalie Goff. She's going to have to be key in this game. She's going to have to go on a burner from the three-point line, those drive-and-kick corner threes, and she's going to have to be more than just a standstill shooter in the corner. She is good enough to make plays off the dribble. She's going to have to be able to create off the bounce, get to her pull-up jumper, even if you can find that size advantage inside, just depending on who is guarding her. You could put Natalie Goff on the block and let her go to work and get to that hook shot. Um, but she's going to have to hit shots. She's going to have to be aggressive. And Athens Christian, they're a team that can be very chippy at times. Uh, they're very vocal. They'll get after it. They have to keep their head about themselves and channel that energy and that competitiveness and put it towards the right 
area of the floor in this game and use that to their advantage instead of disadvantage. But I just think St. Francis is just going to be too strong with those bigs inside and their guard play. And, you know, it really comes down to the press. If Athens Christian can handle the press, I think they can hang around and make this game very fun. But if St. Francis wilts them and turns them over and gets layup after layup, and then eliminate second chances for Athens Christian inside. And then you see Samaya Wyatt and Bassett and company uh, go to work in that high-low game. Uh, I think St. Francis could run away with this one. But either way, St. Francis is my pick to make it to the state title game. But this is a very fun, entertaining, intriguing matchup, especially if Athens Christian can protect the ball, knock down some threes, and let their big girls affect this game inside. We wrap up in Class A Division Two, four for four. We got right, but I think things are going to get a little more interesting here in the Final Four. March first at Fort Valley State, one p.m. We will see Clinch County, the defending state champs, a sixty-five fifty-seven winner over Chatco, Chattahoochee County. Now they will see Montgomery County, sixty-nine fifty-four over Christian Heritage. Again, Marley Bell. Going wild, running wild in this game. She's been unstoppable all season long at this level and uh, put an end to a great Christian heritage season. But Marley Bell has been super tough, had 35 points, and then Amir Banks, 17 points, a dynamic duo scoring pretty much all of the buckets needed for Montgomery County. Uh, Clinch has a size with Tiana Dorsey in size and Amaria Dean, the athletic Long, sophomore, and then Montgomery, their two players are in the backcourt with that speed of Marley Bell and Banks. Um, Jeez, this is going to be a tough one to choose. Do you go with guards or do you go go with bigs at the uh, Class A Division II level? Typically, I would think you go with bigs here and with shutting down the paint and scoring, but... I don't know. I, I, I feel like Clinch is going to prove me wrong, but I think I'm going to go with Montgomery County. Marley Bell has been the best player in the state in this classification all year long. She was arguably the best player in the state last year as well. Uh, she puts up monster numbers. She's athletic. She can shoot the ball some too. Um, she's, I don't know, 5'7", five, 5'8", five, but plays way bigger than that. Uh, she's really good. She is really, really good. And... I think that she might be able to lift Montgomery County to new heights, but again, uh, it's going to be tough. You've got two players uh, doing the bulk of the scoring in this game, and if Clinch County is able to take away one of them, I keep saying it, uh, things could get challenging, but it sounds like a couple other players stepped up uh, for Montgomery County in that past game. But I'm going to go with Montgomery County to get past Clinch County going to be really tough I think the Pantherettes I just have that size inside and athleticism as well that can that can make it tough on Montgomery but I'm gonna go with Montgomery County to make it to the state championship game they will be seeing the winner of the 5 p.m game on March 1st at Fort Valley State Green Forest or Taylor County Green Forest 57 42 one at Wilcox County now they see Taylor County who went down to Seminole and won 64-38. Uh, Green Forest has not been really crushing teams like I thought, so I don't know. I think Taylor County has a great opportunity to win this game with Jada Ford, Trista Bennett at the guard position. Green Forest, of course, they have those intimidators, and everyone's over six foot tall, and it's just something you don't ever really see. Um, 
But I don't know. Taylor County, this is a proud program, a program that's won a lot of titles before. They've won a lot of games. It's a good, a good Viking program. I'm going to go with Green Force. That's who my initial pick is. Again, I just feel like if they're length, that these girls that they brought over from all these different countries, I mean, they're coming over to play basketball. So I'm, I'm assuming that they have to be pretty good at it. Um, I think Green Force with all their imports, will be too much. But I would not be surprised if Taylor County wins. And we saw Green Force on the boys' side last year get upset in the final four round. Maybe it's the Green Force girls, their turn to get picked off. But I don't have the heart. I don't have the the stones to pick against Green Force. Uh, I'm going to go with them to beat Taylor County in a game that I think is going to be nip and tuck all the way through. So there you have it, folks. Final four preview is complete i appreciate you listening i will see everybody in the gym i will be in milledgeville breaking down the games class a division one and class 2a please tune in on the nfhs network if you must come say hello to me do so and please be kind don't don't be too mean to me if i picked against your team to, uh, and, and pick them to lose but anyway i appreciate you listening we will be back for the state championship preview podcast it's hard to even believe that we are that deep into the season but here we are once again thank you for listening and i will see you in the gym